Welcome to the Draw Shops Get Genius Podcast, where we talk to today's business influencers to pick their brain and pull out their genius. It's time to get genius. Hello, and welcome back to another Get Genius episode. Super fantastic guest I have for you today. She is a total badass in every way, and she's gorgeous inside and out. Her name is Pia Silva, and she is an entrepreneur. She's a speaker. She's a writer. But most importantly, she is a badass at branding, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, Her company is called Worst of All Design, and you better make sure to listen to the end because you're going to want to get her free giveaway. Um, Really stoked to be talking to her today because we're going to cover all the things that make your brand a badass, what mistakes you might be making, um, what things you might be doing right, um, what are the things that we can really focus on and not get too elaborate on so that people really understand what it is that we do. We're going to talk about all those kinds of things, some some lessons learned in being an entrepreneur. We all have those. I love hearing those from our guests and um, all kinds of really good stuff. What's it like to work with your spouse if you are indeed in business with your spouse and how can you make that really be successful? There's so many awesome things about Pia and we will be probably not covering all of it. So hopefully you'll do your research and we'll have links to all the other things about Pia. We have a whole bunch of links for her and the amazing things that she does, but I really wanted to focus on what she is a genius at and that is branding. And you'll see that right away if you head over to her site, which is worst of all design.com um, and also badassyourbrand.com. So make sure you listen up. There's going to be so many great takeaways for you and hopefully it gives you a ton of clarity on your brand. Enjoy. Hi, Pia, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Summer. Great to be here. Yeah, I'm super excited. You have some of the coolest branding that I have seen, which is really fitting because that is what you do. Yes, I'm glad to hear you say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love I love your language, everything about your branding. It's just so super cool and um which is so important because that's why people come to you so that they can be a badass at their branding. <laughs> that's it. And that's what I try to tell people. You got to be the thing that you're selling. Exactly. <laughs> you can't just and say you do it. So true. And so often people are I I saw that the other day. I can't remember what it was. And of course, I'm not going to say who it was, but I was looking at some type of service and then I went to the website and I was like, oh, this is awful. I I would never work with this person because I'm I'm looking to you to do something really good that I'm not good at. And yet I'm not impressed at all. So it's important that you (laughs) you're good at what you do. Um, Yeah. It's a missed opportunity, actually. I see a lot of people not doing the thing that they do for other people for themselves. And to me, it's like, that is your greatest opportunity. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Show off how great you are. Is be your own client. It is so true. So how how did this become? Did you see that as a need? And that's how you started your business? How did this all evolve for you? <clears throat> no, I wish I could say it was so well-planned. Um, <laughs> it was actually something that um, well, no, it just it evolved much more organically as a small business. I learned over the years how important it was to differentiate us. And over the years, as I did it more and more, I got really positive reinforcement for it. I I learned how much I was sticking out. I was attracting more and more attention and clients. And so I did it more. Um, And 
you know, and then as I did that, I said, oh my God, this is what everybody needs. So then we evolved into it even more. Uh, but it really came out of the need because if you're a business owner, you know how important it is to stand out from the crowd, to say some, that you're different in some way, to show that you're different. Um, and I just experienced that firsthand in my business. And so I said, wow, well, this is the value I have for other people. So simul- it kind of happened simultaneously, but that's what yeah. I do for others. That's what I do for myself. So how, I mean, to me, that's just seems like that's, that's quite an undertaking and maybe not for you because you're, you know, this genius at it, but to take somebody's brand and then actually, you know, determine here's what it should look like. Here's like, here's the wording you should use. Like, how do you, how do you even do that? Where do you even begin? (laughs) Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I mean, it's, a process, obviously, I've yes. built a pretty, a pretty strong process at this point. But it's really about um, it's it's never about coming up with some brand for someone. It's always about pulling the brand out of them. Um, I I specifically work with small service businesses, so my my clients, you know, they may not be the face of their brand, but their essence and how they approach things that is the essence of their brand because they're a big part of shaping it. Even if they have people working under them, the vision is coming from within. So the process is really about me asking the right questions, getting to know the business, the owner, their goals, where they've been, what they're amazing at, what they could really own in the marketplace that makes them different, why they're so special. And, you know, to be fair, because of our brand and I guess because of our pricing, we attract really badass people. You know, I mean, yeah. most of the people that come to us are really good at what they do. They just have no idea how to express it. So, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm working with people who are excellent at their craft, at their, at their expertise. Um, and so it's, you know, obviously I've done this many times, but it's not, it doesn't feel that hard to me to kind of pull it out of them. I'm like, oh, that's, that's what's so amazing about you. Okay. And then I craft that into a message and Steve and I work on making it, you know, the brand to match the look of the brand, to match the brand message, to match the strategy, to match the person. Right. Exactly. So have you seen, like you said, people are really good at what they do. Have you seen or work with clients where branding has worked, but then it's time to, kind of like freshen the brand or I don't even know what you would call it, but do people have to sometimes do a refresh and, and change their brand based on how they're evolving in their business? Yeah. I mean, I look at branding as kind of an ever evolving thing. Um, even if you aren't changing it, you should always be honing it and perfecting it and getting it better and better because your brand, you know, there's the foundation of your brand. So, you know, your positioning in the market, what you're, what you own, what you're known for, what your reputation is all about. And this guides everything that you do in terms of your marketing, any content you create, how you work with clients, how you talk about your business when you're out, um, you know, personally and and in, in the written word. But as you create all of that stuff, as you evolve and advance, you know, all of the things that you make, all of your marketing materials and all of that will actually be honing it and making it even better. Um, so, so it's not that you necessarily do or don't need to refresh. It's more that, you know, you should always be increasing the value of that brand. And sometimes if you're evolving like that, you might find other opportunities and you might decide to pivot because you see an opportunity that you want to go, you know, in that direction. And that would probably be the best reason to completely rebrand something is because you're realizing that 
you want to make a pivot uh, based on your experience. Oh, and I'm sure that happens because when you're working with people, you're, you have to be, you have to understand as you know, the expert that's helping them, you have to understand what is it that their message is? What are they trying to get out there? And it's funny because that's as, as much as a lot of business owners think that they have that nailed down or think that it's that, do you find that a lot of times they're like, okay, you might think it's that, but you're not communicating that at all. (laughs) Oh yeah. Uh, (laughs) Every client that comes to me. (laughs) Um, no, I mean, you know what it is, it's, uh, people are usually communicating it in a very, uh, straightforward, um, maybe a little com straight, like explicit, but sometimes convoluted because they're giving a lot of information. I think that the trap that most people fall into when they're trying to do their own brand messaging is that they try to explain a lot. Let me explain to you why I'm so great. And they get lost in the details because they know so much about what they do. So they're trying to explain to you how all the things that they know. And as the as the buyer, as the potential client, I, I'm not there yet, you know, <laughs> and this is complicated. And I don't actually even know too much about what you do because I'm not an expert in this. So, you know, they're coming to it looking for something that's much clearer, more concise, like conveying what this business is what it's like to work with this business. What's this business's personality? What's their focus? What's their expertise? They need a high level, very clear message that they can glob onto that makes them interested enough to then go deeper and learn the details. So it's a real mismatch between the person looking at the brand and the and the person, you know, expressing the brand because the person expressing the brand tends to get lost in the details a lot where the person coming to it isn't ready for details yet. I think that's one place that the that there's always a hiccup. Oh yeah, for sure. What do you see? What are some other signs that your brand might not be representing what you do and what you're great at? Um, well, signs, uh, that it's not fully representing your value or your expertise is that people are always asking you for discounts. I think that would be a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. It, It just means that you haven't made a case for why you're valuable. Um, by the way, that's not the same as someone saying they can't afford you. I can't afford you is different than trying to bargain with you. Totally. Or, or you know, uh, s- same thing with um, always being put into a pot of people. You know, you're pu- you're putting your, what is it? Ring in the hat? Yeah. Is that- <laughs> you're putting your ring in the hat every single time. You're pitching against a whole bunch of other people. What that means is you have not differentiated yourself enough. I say put yourself in some sort of category of one. You are you seem the same as a bunch of other people. So now we're going to evaluate all of you and, and compare, and we're probably going to end up choosing on a combination of feeling and price. So again, it comes to that price thing again. So those are times when you really want to reevaluate your brand, because if you really are great at what you do, you shouldn't be dealing with either, either of those things. I think that's so true. And I love that you said, um, not being able to afford is different than asking for discount. That's so true because if some people might not be able to afford you, but they still see the value and they want to afford you, you know, and they'll find a way (laughs) to make it so they can afford you, which is, you know, they obviously get the value. And that's, um, I mean, that's probably one of the biggest reasons why, you know, people won't do business with you, especially if they have a need for your service is because they don't see the value and you have to communicate that. How, like, how, 
what's what's like the first I mean it has to be obviously in every single thing that you're doing you know your website your your logo your emails your communication I mean your branding is pretty much present in every communication you're having yes what what are like yes yeah exactly (laughs) so like what are the biggest mistakes you see because I myself have been I mean I'm just going to say one you already know it I've been overwhelmed when I'm just like I don't even know what you're trying to be you know you just you might google something you go to a site and you're just like I feel like you're copying 10 different brands and try to put them all inside your website you know what I mean or it's just Mm -hmm. kind of overwhelming and confusing but what are some of the things that you you know people mistakes people are making that it's it's really like prohibiting them to getting people to see their value. Well, I mean, you could I could talk about this on so many different levels. So, you know, level 1 is just everything on those foundational places is the same. You know, yeah. <laughs> your logo looks the same. I mean, this is very level 1, but it's amazing how people don't even, you know, kind of recognize this. Is your logo the same everywhere? Are the colors you're using? I mean, this is very superficial stuff, but it's very important because it creates that cohesive experience over time. Um, you know, is your is your uh, email a Gmail account or a business account? Right. I mean, that's some basic stuff, but that is branding. Do you have a logo in your in your footer? Uh, do you have your contact information in your footer? That's a huge pet peeve of mine. That's not branding, but it is branding. This is a business. You know, you, you own a business and yeah. you need to make it really easy for people to contact you if they want to work with you. Um, that's level one. Le- I would say le- higher levels are are about having a consistent voice. You know, there are opportunities. I don't think people really, once you've got the level one down, I don't think people fully embrace all of the opportunities to build and, and strengthen your brand voice through everything that you do. So for example, and I mean, it's, it's a lot of work, so I understand. Um, for example, there are, you know, I have schedule ones I use. I think you use schedule yes. ones too. So, so um, I, I have, I've only done some of them, but, uh, but I plan to do all of them. When people are scheduling times with me, go in there and edit the copy and put it in your voice. You know, we all kind of use the default schedule ones because it's easy, but that's a brand opportunity. Um, you know, people who really embrace their brand will take every opportunity to put a little something on it. Um, it you know, that can be through your emails, through your uh, through automated things. Um, but I think we we miss opportunities because it's easy to just let the default stuff there. And it's okay if the default stuff is there. It's just that you're not necessarily taking advantage of a place where you could yet again reinforce your brand voice and your brand uh, vibe and personality and message. Totally. Do you ever find that people don't know? Let's talk about the people that don't even know what their secret sauce is, what what sets them (laughs) apart. I mean, they might be an expert at something, they might be good at something, but what actually makes them different? And do you, can you help people figure out what that is? Yeah, well, it's a a combination of, um, like I said before, digging deep into, you know, why do people hire you? Why, when, when you work with someone and they have a great experience, why did they love the experience? You know, when, when you give somebody a lot of value, what was the value? So my first thing is to look at previous experience and previous clients and find those, those, uh, you know, beautiful stories that you can really hone in on. Because if, if you've had a couple of clients who have gotten a certain kind of value out of you and loved you for a certain reason, your brand is somewhere around that. Um, but I would pair that with 
the idea of you honing in on a, a group of people that you work with, a way that you work, a process. I mean, I I basically outline this um, in my book. Like, they're kind of only four for small for small service businesses. There's kind of like four quadrants that your brand can be in, and you need at least two of them. You could have up to four, but you need at least two of them. And some of that has to do with process. Do you, maybe you have built a methodology, so that becomes your brand, and that's something that you might be doing already that you aren't talking about. You haven't branded. You don't bring it into the conversation. And yet, of course, we all have to develop processes in some way or another. So there's also opportunities to enhance your brand by noticing what those processes are and then actually intentionally building them into something that can be part of your brand. So I would say it's those it's those two pieces. Yeah. No, I love that. And that's it's so, so true. Um, so let's talk about your branding of your business because it's okay. <laughs> worst of all design. How how did you come up with that? And and what was like, you know, what was basically your whole thing of, you know, I'm gonna be different. I just want to hear your whole backstory sure. on how it became this brand. <laughs> sure. Um, okay, so people ask me about my name a lot, obviously. Worst of all design, people wanna know. Um, and usually I tell them, well, we build badass brands and that's a badass name. And I yeah. just leave it at that. <laughs> I'm like, that's, so what, you know, <laughs> and I leave it at that because partially, um, you know, a big piece of what I preach in branding is you have to be your brand. You can't just say it. So by saying worst of all design, what we're really saying is, you know, we don't give a fuck and we're going to do what we want and we are okay with people not really some people not liking it because we, we we're taking a stand. So we get to say that without saying like stand out and be different, you know, which are all very overused ideas and words. Right. However, um, the real, like the, the origin story is that my, uh, partner and husband's last name is Wasterval, which is Dutch and, uh, Wasterval. and his nickname in college as a, you know, stoner artist was worst of all. So, <laughs> So worst of all became worst of all design. And that's what it was going to be from the beginning. And, you know, he used it as his freelance, like little moniker first. And, uh, and, and, you know, it's interesting because at first it was, I mean, I didn't have a say in it. Um, but, but, and it was a little challenging to be yeah. perfectly honest, to go out there as a new business when I didn't know anything about branding or design when I was first selling it. Um, but it was so authentic to him. Also, you know, I mean, it's really like he's this artist, you know, he's a painter and an artist and an illustrator in addition to being a designer. And he loves the gritty, you know, he paints New York City. Um, so even though it wasn't quite planned out there, it really did come from such an authentic place that our brand actually evolved out of it. And it only made more and more sense over the years. And that happened because it was authentic to us. Um, so you, you know, I, I like to, when I'm helping people find their space, um, when I, in the past, when I've helped people name their companies, I, I tell them, you know, we're looking for a name, a positioning that has legs. We call it having legs. It's like, we don't even know what those legs are, but a good brand is going to have legs. It's going to have, it's going to grow in its, in its meaning and, and story as you evolve, because you're going to keep feeding it because it's really at its core, it's very authentic to you. So I think that, you know, what worst of all has only gotten more accurate 
Uh, and actually, people ask us about the name less these days because more and more we're just attracting people who are like, oh, I love your name. Yeah. You know? And it's so fun. And some people, you know, still look at me like, why would you name your company that? I'm like, oh, it's fine. You're just not my client. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's part of it. It's it's this um, litmus test for people. Well, it's an overall feeling of, you know, just when you look at your branding, it is an overall feeling of badass, badassery. Like it totally is. It's just, you don't even have to say anything. You just know, and it's already an experience like going into it, you know, which is so well, cool. Thank you. <laughs> no, <laughs> thank and, you and I think, uh, you know, what else is that there, it's very um, simple and clear to understand what you do. And that to me is very frustrating, especially today. I think a lot of people get frustrated with that. I mean, I would, I would feel horrible if somebody were to ask, you know, what do you guys do, you know, with, or, or, and, and not have a really clear answer. If I had to talk about it in like paragraphs, you know, really explain mm-hmm. that's such a pet peeve of mine, you know, or you talk to somebody who's like, well, I do all these different things, you know, there's certain coaches or there's speakers or, and, and they have this long list and it's like, I don't even know how to describe you to somebody else. And mm-hmm. I think that's so important. So I love that you do that on, on your site. Um, how, how do you, for, for people that do offer, you know, or they do a bunch of different things, how, like, how do you get them to really simplify <laughs> that in like stop. a few words? Yeah. How do you get them to stop yeah. and explaining, explaining, explaining? Yeah. It's, um, I mean, a lot of my job when I'm helping brand companies is that I'm also educating them on what it means to have a brand because you know, there's, I like to say there's your brand and then your, there's your business. And they're, they're kind of two different things. You know, your business is something, your business is like everything you do and it's all your abilities and capabilities. And then there's your brand and your brand is something it's related, but it's actually this very concise idea that everybody can remember about you. Um, should be able to be summed up in one or two sentences. You know, it's the thing that you own. It's kind of the entry point. It's like your your glorious, uh, you know, your gates into your beautiful palace. <laughs> like you can right. only enter through one door. So let's let's make that door really attractive to the kind of people you want to attract. And then once they get in there, there's things that they can do. Um, and the way that I help people hone in on that is twofold. One is is helping identify, you know, okay, you're doing these like a whole bunch of things that you're not making any money off of. You don't even like doing them. Why are you doing these things? You know, so I'm I'm often cleaning house in terms oh, of the yeah, things sure. they're offering. I'm like, look at look at this beautiful thing over here that you love to do. You're very it's very profitable. People love to pay you for it. It's your highest value. Let's build your business around that. You know, let's leave the other stuff. And it's not that you can never do the other stuff, but we certainly don't need to advertise that you do the other stuff because you don't like it and it's not profitable and all these other things. Okay. So that's one thing that's actually kind of restructuring. And I do help people with a lot of business strategy because I just find it's a big part of their brand. Um, but the, the other, uh, part of it is kind of thinking about your brand and your offerings in a bit of a hierarchy. So sometimes even if you do a couple of different things, you you still want to drip them out in a certain way. So you want there to be your brand and that's what you're known for. And then you kind of have the the main things that you offer or the ways that you bring people in. And you don't necessarily need to tell them the menu of, of things that you can do because 
most people aren't ready for the menu. Most people just need to come in through the door and they need to learn a certain few things about you and hire you in these specific aspects. And then they can build up to additional pieces. So a pet peeve of mine is the classic menu along the top of a website that says, read my book, read my blog. I'm a speaker. Hire me as a coach. Join my program. I have DIY programs. I got my, you know, it's like 10 different things across the top. And, and what I say to them is, so I come here, how am I supposed to know where to click? I'm totally overwhelmed. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And you know what? I'm going to get bored really soon and I'm going to get distracted and I'm going to go away. And when you go to a really great website, it's usually like, welcome, click here, right here. There's nowhere else to go, you know, and it just guides you through experiencing who these people are. And that's really powerful. Oh, it's so powerful. And I think, you know, like you were saying earlier, you don't have to start with all of the things that you do. The best thing is that, you know, a client or your customers fall in love with you so much that they ask you, okay, what else Mm -hmm. do you do? Mm -hmm. You know, and and there's things because I've I've seen that too. I mean, even in our business, people go, "Can we? Can you do this kind? Can you do that kind of video? Can you?" And yeah, there's like there's other things that we do, but our sweet spot and what makes it so like clean and simple is like our specialty of what we do. And then mm-hmm. you know, you you do start to like you said, you can drip that out. Now you've got these people super loyal to you. You can drip out those other things that you that you do, but focus on that thing that you're really good at and known for. I love that. And you know, a perfect example of this is I, it's just top of mind because I gave this advice to someone yesterday is um, a lot of, in my space, a lot of branding and design people will also do marketing ongoing. Yeah. But I asked this particular woman, I said, would you ever do marketing for someone you didn't do the brand for? Because I'm I'm somebody who wouldn't do that because they don't have a good foundation first. And she said, and she agreed. She said, no, I would only do the marketing for a client where I've already built their whole thing because then I know the marketing is going to work because I've already built the brand strategy and all that. And I was like, so then don't even talk about that on your website. Right, like, right. like we, we don't need to know. In fact, put the, you know, put that behind the, the locked, you know, gilded case behind you and bring it out when the time is right to say, ah, now that you love working with me and you've seen the amazing brand that I built you, we can actually do all of your marketing too. And they're going to be like, thank God, you know, but you don't need to advertise that in the beginning. And that's confusing. And it makes you feel like a full service agency, which is very boring and same, same. Totally. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I love that. Um, no, that's so that's so true. And I mean, the I, I, we keep saying it, but it's tr- true. Like you can't overwhelm people. You just want to bring them into the next step. You know, just like yeah. keep bringing them there. But like, if you give them all of that, it's just way too much. I know I can't handle it, and especially in today's world, nobody else can. Um, <laughs> so. Okay, let's back up just a little bit because you are in business with your husband. And I I know I mean that's that's like a common thing today and I think you know it's good to hear about how you how you make that work because that can be challenging, it can be wonderful, it can be it can be a whole bunch of different things for different people. I'd love to know your experience with it and any you know ad- advice that you you have in terms of making that a successful relationship. Yeah. You know, I think someday I'm going to put together some sort of like program or course or something just to work with partners (laughs) together. Cause I love, you know, like I love working with my husband. It is definitely challenging. Um, but it is also a great gift to be able to spend and create, you know, spend time with this person 
building something and create something with this person. So um, if you don't kill each other and you make it work, then it can be a beautiful thing. Uh, My advice, I would say, and what I've learned over the years is you both really have to want to make it work because it's a, it is work to make it work. Um, you know, you have to develop uh, a level of communication skills that I don't think you need if you don't work with your partner. Um, I certainly wouldn't have, uh, neither, we would not have done the communication work that we have done if we weren't working together because we wouldn't have been uh, bumping up against each other nearly as much if he went to a job and I went to a job, for example. Um, but we did, you know, and we had employees for a while and they kind of sparked a lot of this. But we've done a lot of, you know, personal development work together and apart. We've done like, count, we've gone, we have a therapist that we've gone to on and off for years because anytime things come up that are difficult, we we just immediately like, address them and yeah. also learn a lot about each other in that process. So we've become much closer because we've done all that work. And I don't think we would have done that all that work if we didn't have a business that was relying on us to, to fix, you know, to deal with those issues. So I'm forever grateful that it all kind of worked out that way. But the advice is you have to both want to do that because if one person doesn't want to touch it with a 10 foot pole, I can, I can't imagine it being easy to build a thriving business with your partner. That's so true. So do you, and are you responsible for different things within your business? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's the creative, um, you know, he designs, uh, everything. Um, I don't design anything, uh, and I'm more of the strategist and the messaging, but because we evolved these processes together over the years, I mean, he's a very good strategist and copywriter, um, and I know a lot about design. So so we we do step on each other's turf a little bit, but my my role is squarely in the strategy and messaging and his is he is ultimately responsible for all of the design and the build of the sites and all of that. Yeah. That's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> no, and I think it it it's yeah, I think it's I think it's really first of all, really great advice. And also um I think it's so cool that your talents lie in different places, you know, and really complement each other. Thanks. Yeah, I think it, it's necessary. I think if we were two creatives, we wouldn't have a business. Right. Exactly. That way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I had, um, I, I just wrote this down, actually. Where did, oh, yeah. This is what I wanted to ask you. So if somebody's wanting to go in, do you think it's possible for somebody who's like, oh my gosh, you know, say they listen to this podcast and they're like, oh yeah, I do need to get clear on my branding. Is that something they can even do themselves, you know, where it's like, oh, let me go in and, and rebrand myself. Or do you have to be kind of on the outside of it? Um, well, I, I do find that people have a hard time doing it for themselves because they're lost in the details. Like I was saying before. Um, but there's definitely steps you can take and, uh, to, to make that, to make that happen or at least get far. I mean, we don't work with people who are just starting out. For example, I only will work with someone after they've had a certain amount of experience working in their space. Um, so, so I'm already saying you're, you're not ready to really do this kind of work and invest in it until you had enough experiences because strategy has to rely on previous experience. It can't be hypothesis. 
So, um, so that alone, I think it's okay. You know, you, you just go out and work. But like I said, this is ever evolving. So you're kind of constantly uh, adding to it and getting better at it. Um, I will, I'm going to, I'll put this up right after we get off of this, um, share my interview that, that it's a very long list of questions, but it's my brand shrink interview. I give it to people live and you know, they pay me a couple thousand dollars for that, but the questions themselves can be eye-opening, and I'm happy to share that with listeners if they want to take themselves through the process. Wow, that would be fantastic. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah and pleasure. if you send over the link, we'll make sure that we we put that in our blog post and show notes. Perfect. So, as as a business owner, what was you know because it sounded like you know it didn't just it didn't just magically happen what are what's one of the biggest you know <laughs> yeah. lessons that you have learned in growing your business um that that the road to success is not straight yeah. <laughs> I'd say despite the fact that I want it to be um and I continue to experience that because I'm an entrepreneur so I'm constantly uh building offshoots of my business, like different ideas and playing with things. And every time I get knocked over the side of the head, oh, right, this is not linear. Right. <laughs> this is not going to just go straight exactly where I want it to go. Um, and I think that I've, you know, I continue to internalize that that is the process. And not just that's the process of business, but that's the process of building something special and unique. You literally have to go through some some uh, detours. You have to try things that aren't going to work. Um, I was talking to someone recently, you know, she was asking about, I don't know what she was asking about, but she was saying, you know, cause I spent $10,000 on this guy and it didn't work. And I was like, yeah, do you know how many times I've done that? It doesn't mean that, you know, it didn't work is kind of a relative term. Uh, spending money on things and they don't work the way you want them to also gives you a ton of information, you know, and, and there's a lot to learn from that. So even though I have tried many things that haven't worked, I've also learned so much from those experiences. And I try to squeeze every last drop of lesson and, and learning from those experiences so that they're never a waste. Because anytime you try something and it doesn't work, you actually have more information and that can help you go in the right direction. So I would yeah. say that's the biggest lesson and I continue to learn it every day, but at least I'm starting to internalize it more. I'm so glad you said that because that's probably one of the biggest things that people have so much guilt about is if they do spend a lot of money on something like, oh, this is going to be, you know, something new that we're bringing to the business or we're going to hire this person or we're going to do whatever it is. I mean, it is inevitable. Like you said, I don't know. I, I literally don't know. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs, one person who hasn't made that mistake, but it turns mm-hmm. into, like you said, it turns out to be one of the greatest lessons. And my partner and I will, will look at that a lot and, you know, sometimes we'll laugh about it or you look at your, you know, you're looking at your P&L and you're looking at, you know, the things that you've done. You're like, oh, that didn't work out so well. However, right. look at what it led to, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that is the, you know, that is part of the price of being an entrepreneur and having a business. Because, first of all, if you don't try, then you're not even going to know what it is like when you do succeed. So you have to try those things. And a lot of the times, yeah, they're going to they're going to fail and they're going to be mistakes, but they're. They're not mistakes that don't lead to something that you, you end up doing something better because of it. I love, I love that you said that. And that is, I have experienced that so many times. And even recently I did a pretty big capital spend on something that in retrospect, I'm like, man, I shouldn't have done that. That was a mistake. And then I realized you know what? That was inevitable. If I had not done it that way, the whole time I was doing it 
the way I'm doing it now, I would be thinking I should probably do it that other way. It, it involved me hiring a bunch of people that in retrospect, maybe I needed to figure it out myself first. But I, the whole time I was doing it, I would have been thinking I should really just hire people to do this. I should yeah. hire people who are experts. And so really there was no way around it. I was going to pay these people to do this right, stuff. Right, right. So I could learn that, um, okay, just the out of the box thing that they do is not right for me. But but I guess I just had to, you know, and that's fine, you know, because this is an ever evolving experience. And and the now the lesson in that is is so much stronger. And, you know, it's a, it's a painful amount of money, but maybe it has to be painful in order to learn the lesson. If it wasn't painful, then you wouldn't learn the lesson. So oh, I try to true. look at things through those beautiful rose colored. It's so true. And, you know, you have like I remember, you know, to ask my mom certain things like, why did you let me make that mistake? Why did you let me do that? And she's like, I can't tell you, you know, <laughs> to not do something. I could tell you, but you'd probably still do it anyways, you know, and you have to go through the journey. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, if I really want you to learn the lesson, you have to go through it. And it and it's so true. Like you said, there has to be some, got to be some pain associated with it for you to actually go, oh, wow. Okay. Now I know for sure I'm going to do some, do it differently next time. Yeah. I think we're just, uh, you know, our culture is one of thinking failure is bad. I think that's a big part of it. I've been, I mean, over the last couple of years, really trying to internalize that failure, quote failure, you know, things that don't go the way you want them to is is actually the most valuable thing. Like you said, the best stuff comes out of it, but it's, it's just at our core, we're like really uncomfortable with it. It's like, Ooh, that was failure. I should have tried to avoid that instead of really embracing it. You know, I have kids, like I'm going to be like fail every day. Yeah. (laughs) You'll learn so much. That's how you'll become like an amazing person and, and be okay with it. You know, don't, don't run from it. Like it's so bad. Right. It's, it is the best education. Oh my gosh, you're so awesome. I love all that you're doing. I love all of your, your site is really incredible. I'm excited for our listeners to go see it. We'll have links to it all. It is worstofalldesign.com, but we'll have a link to that. We'll get your link up that you're sending us, which is so generous. Thank you. It was called a, what did you call it? A brand? It's my brand shrink. So this is the interview I give clients to figure out what they're all about. So I'm going to put it on badassyourbrand.com backslash get genius. Okay. Um, and you can, you can grab it there and I'll send anyone who grabs that can also read the first chapter of my book, which we'll talk a lot about like how we like pivoted into this space. Oh, so great. I love it. And then, yeah. And that's, is that probably the best way if they want to contact you? I know there's probably an application to work with you if they want to. Um, but that's, is that the best place to? Yeah. Yeah. My contact information is everywhere. Okay. <laughs> so I'm not shy about it. Um, it's not a Gmail address. It's it's not, not, <laughs> it's not, oh my God. No, but I have like every branded email, like P at worst of all design, P at badass your brand, P at P at Silva. I love so, it. <laughs> um, it's easy to find me, which by the way, pro tip, make it easy for people to get a hold of you. Yes. Don't yes. Hide your stuff. Like you're a business owner. let people find you. So it shouldn't be that hard. Totally agree. (laughs) Well, you've been awesome. I'm so glad I got to, to talk to you and, um, for our listeners to get to be a part of your brand. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Summer. It was really fun. Thank you for listening to today's Get Genius. You can learn more about The Draw Shop at www.thedrawshop.com, on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Your home for kick-butt custom whiteboard marketing videos. Your ideas come to life. Thanks for listening. Please share, comment, and make any suggestions for future genius guests.